When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Would you, Jeffrey Leonard, one flap down your home run trot? Would you super slow-mo it? Would you Mickey Hatcher and sprint around the bases? What would, would your style be? I would probably walk doing like a wave. <laughs> like a Miss America the type The trucker wave. horn thing where you're like, yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. go. The trucker horn's That's pretty a good. good idea. The trucker horn is pretty good. So, uh, who is it? I'm looking right now. Someone hit me up on Twitter. Apologize if I can't find you right now. but at, Oh, it's Big E. Yeah, asking, would I rather do it at Dodger Stadium or Bush? The answer is now Dodger Stadium. The reason is because that Bush Stadium is not the Bush Stadium I grew up right. going to. You grew up in the little round right. one. So at this point, I'm actually probably more connected to Dodger Stadium than I am to that Bush Stadium. If it was the old Bush, the answer is the old Bush. You know, I just thought of something that because, and I, by the way, thankfully with what I'm about to say. Thankfully that we've gone past the era of, mostly, of the unwritten rules. Oh, you can't do that. Like, the, we phased out most of the Madison Bumgarners of the world and the Tony LaRusses of the world, right? Where you can't show up the pitcher. Did I hit it 500 feet? I'm not showing up anybody. I'm celebrating that I did something that is virtually impossible. The idea that Tony LaRusso is lecturing people on decorum I, is look, really the, let's not Let's not peel the onion on the hypocrisy <laughs> yes. of him and, and everything yeah. else, but why don't we get some like some very because st- think about this like Tatis does that thing before he gets to third base where he does a little stutter step right cool it's fine it's pretty it, it's it's not terribly flamboyant or anything like that why not have like these incredibly choreographed home run trots we have it in football when guys score touchdowns we have like Steph's little shimmy when he knocked down a three we have guys that have these little stylistic flares why not have them in baseball I'd have zero issue with it yeah I would have no problem with it I would have no problem you talked about the choreographed TD celebrations like I would have no problem if guys came out from the dugout to be a part of your running from third to home well there was a great one I think it was Prince Fielder I, I could have this wrong but I think this is right Prince fielder the old brewers uh first baseman hit a home run and as he's coming down the line uh to to step on home plate when he jumps up and lands on the plate all the players fall down like bowling pins i'm like let's do more of that like what is the downside to doing some of this stuff now that tony larusse is not saying okay go knock that guy's head off with the next pitch Let's style this out a little bit. Because my whole thing would be, I would take forever to go around the base. Like, if the normal time is, let's say, 15 seconds or 20 seconds, I don't know what it is, 30 seconds, I'm taking, like, two and a half times the normal amount of time to go around. Like, I'm kind of doing, like, a wrestling thing, like, basking I mean, in it as you're going around. I mean, did we see that at the softball That's what I'm saying. That, that would be my, deep? That's right. That's exactly what mine would be. Just nice and very leisurely stroll. Maybe yes. walk in from third base the whole way down. I think we need to start pushing this. Does Travis go deep? Travis goes deep! I did. We won that game. And then Jorge hit one in the next game to beat us. And I went like Ronaldo. (laughs) And I still hit one. (laughs) Oh, you're 0 for 2, huh? I'm 0 for 2 both years. I'm 0 for 1. I didn't play in the first one. Okay. Okay. Brian uh, was a sneaky component to last year's game. Brian, I mean, Brian played high school baseball at a reasonably high level. Um, It looked like it. Yeah. I mean... I 
I played for a little while, and then I had a bad freshman year, and I quit. Okay. But I also – that game was the first time I had probably put on a glove in like 25 years. We need to figure out something that's going on in center field because the sun is basically yeah. impossible well, out there. Okay. Like, I only had the ball – you you will probably remember this because you have pretty good recall of this stuff. I only had the ball come near me twice. Uh-huh. Both times were, like, legitimately <laughs> difficult. Like, I didn't feel bad about it. There was one outfield I would have had to run from basically left center to right center <laughs> yeah. in that sun to track it down. And the other one was that pop-up. That was like a major league pop-up. Okay. You when I was sa- at second base. Oh, guess who was playing first base? Me. Okay, uh, the second that went up there, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> but thing. like that was a legitimate. Of course pop-up. it was, and it was way up there. And look, I'm not a smart man necessarily, <laughs> but I'm also a fairly strategic man. Okay, I'm able to kind of see the problems ahead of time. Long ago, I staked out my claim to I'll play first base. Here's what I have to do: throw it, catch it if it's thrown at me. If it's a bad throw, if I get it, fine. If I don't, not my fault. The ball never goes to first base. It is the ultimate spot to be because there's nothing to yeah, do. Yeah, like Clinton put himself in a terrible situation. Basically, the Big E six. Yeah, basically calling short. <laughs> he like called short from the beginning. Well, terrible never, idea. Never he do needs that. it. He wants it. He wants all that smoke. Uh, yeah. So, he, well, you know. he got it. Oh, he, he got, got a lot of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um. But speaking of you know this home run stuff, like have some fun with the game. I know we're not going to do all the same things as them, but like the Savannah, Savannah bananas. People <laughs> like I know you hate them, but I don't hate them. I don't them. hate them as long as we understand what it is we're yeah. talking about. Like if they, it's, if, Globe, Globe it's perfect. If that's what we're selling it as, then I can choose to. But yeah. this idea that it's baseball bothers me as a baseball it's person. It's Harlem Globetrotters. Yes. But I'm saying take maybe a small ounce of what the bananas do and put a little bit of that into baseball. Did you see them doing the choreographed uh, Beyonce song? Yeah, of course I did. I love the Savannah Bananas. The, in the When they're on defense? Yes. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> to uh, her new country song, uh, Texas Hold'em. Okay. Yeah. They did this like choreographed thing. The umpire even got into it. <laughs> it's great. So I th- I, I'm saying I'm, we're not turning MLB into the Savannah Bananas, whatever no, no. that league is called, but taking an ounce of fun because people like it. Yes. Like, for instance, Mike Trout would still put his head down and just run around the bases, and it would be perfectly on brand for Mike Trout. But if, I, I don't know, uh, pick a guy, Ronald Acuna had some sort of flair that he wanted to add to it, that would be on brand for him as well. Let's do that. The Tatis does the little stutter step at third base. Great, let's do that. If Johnny Hustle, Manny Machado wanted to walk to first base, let's do more of that. I'm in. Just fixed baseball. Didn't really even need our help at this point, but we fixed it. Now we get on the All-Star game. Absolutely. BB Go Fifth Row Fridays are back on Mason and Ireland. Listen all week to the show from 1 to 4. Be sure to pay close attention. You probably even take some notes. And then on Fridays, you take the pop quiz and you can be sitting fifth row Lakers OKC on Monday, March 4th. BB Go, the official game day snack of the Los Angeles Lakers. I was a part of the Fifth Row Fridays this past uh, Friday because I was filling in for oh, Mason yeah. and Ireland. Um, and it's, it's a great giveaway. We have great uh, seats. That was for the Nuggets game. So uh, I, I believe. I believe his name was Jasmine. Won and got those tickets. To that and he boom, 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 got it right away. So 
he took notes, and so make sure you take notes on Mason Island all week because it really pays off. How did your double dip go? We never really talked about it. Um, it was good. Uh, Greg wanted to go off about cargo pants, and we participated in that. And I talked about high waisted jeans because uh, you what? know we like that. Okay, yeah. so let's start one one at a time. Cargo pants, yay, nay. What are we talking about? Uh, so he was really um, butt hurt that uh, what's uh, Graham was wearing cargo pants all week, and he says like, who who wears cargo pants all week? Graham. Yeah, exactly. And also Graham's cargo pants <laughs> yeah, you were know, fine. You know. uh, it's just that I think that It's the, a choice. Let's not get it too But his cargo up. pants were not like khaki cargo pants. They were just black pants with an extra pocket. It wasn't crazy, okay? Was he moonlight as an electrician on the side? Like, what, what does he need the extra pocket <laughs> Graham for? Graham looked fine. And the funny thing, too, is like with cargo pants, you never actually use the extra pocket. You just kind of has it for looks. But um, And then I went on about, uh, yeah, Greg just doesn't like cargo pants or doesn't think that we should all wear them. I can't remember. Greg, if you're listening, weigh in. Cargo pants, Andy. Is there a pair floating around in your uh, closet somewhere? There may have used to have been. My wife does not like cargo pants or cargo shorts. She does not like them, so I've had to wean out several of them. I had a pair of like the classic cargo or khaki cargo shorts that were ridiculous looking they look like a clown uniform My, mine were never i never went khaki because i generally don't like khaki as a color yeah right. but i've had like dark blue cargo shorts so, or like green cargo, cargo shorts. shorts like you're in the army um i, I mean on reserve cargo yeah. shorts i didn't know that andy you were in the, you were in the army yeah you're welcome for your service <laughs> <laughs> no you're welcome for, for my, my service? service right i'm welcome for my well, service. The service i provided for oh, yeah, your yes. service Thank what you. is your objection to cargo so, shorts so okay so if you're wearing cargo shorts you need to be working on a farm or be in the jungle or do you you have them <laughs> they need to have a utility uh, you, hauling cargo shorts <laughs> so the Graham, cargo shorts need to be used to process cargo <laughs> <laughs> Involved. <laughs> so Graham, yes, the ones on Friday that you saw, Emily, were fine. They were yeah, flat. They were like d- normal pants, but just with an extra pocket. The rest of the week that when he was wearing them, because he wore them multiple <laughs> times in the week, were well. You're not judging somebody for wearing the same pair of pants multiple times in a no, week. No, no, okay, there were different pairs of pants. Different this is pairs day of one cargo. of five days on these bad boys, unless a meatball sandwich lands in my lap. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Totally agree with that. By the way, well, because a meatball sandwich, Em, that's the thing you can't you can't shake that off. Like they they need to go through the wash. But if I dropped. I don't know uh, a ham a sandwich. sandwich. No, but like the 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 marinara sauce, or the sauce. meatball could fall out. But there if I a had a ham sandwich and a piece of lettuce falls out, we're gonna roll these pants great, the rest of the week. There's a great joke Tina Fey one time told years ago on Saturday Night Live Weekend Update. It's like something like, "There's a new jeans coming out that men can wear." Several days in a row, or as women call them, jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so when we yeah. when it was when they first let us back into the uh, into the press box at SoFi Stadium after after uh, the the pandemic, you started to wear your masks in the in the press box, and they were still feeding you and everything else. But the rule was, you would take <laughs> your mask off to eat, and then you put your mask sure. back on. So mask oh, on right. and off, you know, talking with people, whatever. So I'd forgotten that my mask was still on when I went to eat a meatball, and oh. I hit a, I hit like a giant oh. red circle right in the middle of my mask. It looked like a bullseye and because I <laughs> exactly. I went to the. I'm like, do you does you guys have any? She's like, we really don't. So I had to walk around with a meatball stain on my mask. Yeah. So Graham was wearing a different pair of cargo pants the day before, and they were like your typical big cargo pants like where they were sticking out and just kind of look silly so that's i just saw it a couple times and i wanted to uh you know give them a little help 
So, like, basically, if there are cargo pants that flare out to the point where they're basically like hammer pants, yes. that's <laughs> yes. where you have Those a problem. Those are parachute yeah. pants, right? I mean, well, but that's sort of the progression. You have, like, normal <laughs> the pants, evolution. then you have cargo <laughs> pants, then you have parachute pants. You're right. also the cargo pants about, are in the middle. Look, I'm not somebody that can really judge people's uh, fashion. I'm not the most fashionable person in the world, but, you know, cargo no, pants no, are... No, uh, nor am I, but put it to you this way. There are some things that when all of a sudden you see them, you're like, yeah, even I know you shouldn't have that on yeah like they're there yeah. and cargo pants feels like they're in that lane graham's yeah. very stylish cargo pants aside <laughs> yeah you know I, you I, know i was talking about how cargo pants cargo shorts give impression. you the ick and yeah. so do men in flip-flops unless you're literally at the beach or in hawaii like if you're anywhere yeah, else Greg. seeing well, men's feet i, I gotta flip-flops. start wearing my flip-flops to uh sunday rams games here fantastic. more often don't worry I'll you have a oh no i know i do but i don't do it every time now i will even when it's in december or january i'm gonna and wear Greg talked about how he got scammed. No, not scammed, but like the um, the fishing oh, uh, yeah. attempt at oh, you. Yeah, Did you get crazy. catfished? No, 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 no. That was Cappy. <laughs> fishing uh, PH. No, I got oh. a, I got an email from Disney IT, and it was from, and I so I looked up, and it said where it was from, and it said East Beleriand. And I was like, where's East Beleriand? I didn't click on anything. I did not click on anything, but I looked it up. East Beleriand is something to do with Lord of the Rings, like it's from the Shire. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow that's how that's where these phishing scams are going. Now it's, it's going all the way into that they're taking things out of like Hogwarts. Lands. I, I, I understand <laughs> that m- much much like a, uh, a a sales rep, right? It's a numbers game. It's not how many no's. It's how many yeses. It's how many asks that you put out there to get what you need. Does anybody answer the phone or click on a link from somebody that you don't know who it's from or what it is? This was a really good, it said Disney.it.something at Disney.com. It was all fake, yeah. obviously, because East Valerian doesn't exist. But but this was an email. It was an email. And Brian Cohen also got the exact same email. I got email. the email, too. You got that one, too? I yeah. think everybody got the email. No, okay, so we probably all probably got it. And so they're saying that uh, our Disney account got hacked. And Which they were trying isn't to get a surprise us a here with what happened with the Russian attacks on our studio. So it's That's right. Mania, mania. Yeah. This is why I'm the big winner as the guy who doesn't know how to log into his ESPN email. I don't get Greg, Greg can like speak this. to this. The last time we we had oh. to get in and do mine, I'm like, yeah, Ivan. When's the last you sent it? I don't know, five years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. It's been like I don't know two employments with ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Well, two hopefully they flush it out after each one. Right? I have no idea how to get into my email. Oh, we just Junior, if you're there, call back. He, we had we have a lot of people that want to weigh in on our cargo pant controversy. We'll do that. Plus, LeBron talking about his future here. We think probably we'll see. That's at least what he said. That's coming up. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I heard this. Yes. Is this is this a new song? This is the new Beyonce yeah. song. Texas Hold'em, she's going to release a country album um, at the end of next month, I believe. I heard this song somewhere yesterday, yeah. and I'm like, I, this is what the Savannah Bananas were dancing yes. to. Mm-hmm. So we got a couple of ideas here about home plate celebrations, and we were talking about that touchdown celebrations are stylized. Uh, you know, big buckets in the NBA, guys have kind of their signature little thing. Why not the same thing on home run tries? The closest thing I can come up with off the top of my head is Tatis, the little stutter step at third base, which I like. Fine, no big deal. Mike Cook writes, not sure about the MLB home plate celebrations. Did we forget Kendrys Morales breaking his ankle? I did not. So for those of you that don't know, Kendrys Morales hits a walk-off home run uh, for the Angels, and when he comes around, he jumps up in the air and lands on home plate. He landed awkwardly and broke his leg and basically ended his career because he was a really good player. He's never the same. He was never the same. He was a really good player, and then he wasn't. I'm not saying that I want guys to do acrobatics coming into home plate, but doing something that's a little stylistic, that's something – if you can do a backflip, Ozzie Smith used to run out to shortstop and do a backflip – I don't see the downside to this stuff. Yeah, though, as somebody who grew up in St. Louis during that time, as seasons went on, the Cardinals started <laughs> discouraging the backflip. Was he not getting full rotation the way he, he needed to? I think they just were concerned, like, he's going to, at some point, not stick the landing. <laughs> Short the landing. Short the landing. <laughs> like, it went... I mean, some of this is the mind's eye of a kid. Yeah. So I may be remembering this with more frequency, but it felt like when I was 10... He did the backflips more than when I was like 16. Well, yeah, because he's six years older, right? right? But I, I, if memory serves, the organization starts saying like, no, seriously, Ozzy, like, let's do this on opening day. Let's stop. <laughs> yeah, this is the opening day and first yeah. day of the playoff situation. Right. Well, no, not the playoffs. <laughs> Why not? Because that's, that's the worst time for him to not stick the landing. <laughs> well, he's going to have... stick the landing in April. You got time. <laughs> he's got adrenaline, Andy. He's fired yeah. up. There's the bunting hanging but, on the like, sides. In, in my memory, that probably is not correct. When I was like 10, like the year that they won in 82, when I was 10, he would do a backflip, not just at the start of every game, but like the start of every inning. <laughs> he would backflip his way out there. But if Gratterall can do his celebration after a big strikeout, let's, let's turn it loose. Baseball's actually done a really good job of getting more with the times when it comes to just letting guys showcase a little bit of their personality than this ridiculous notion that you couldn't show anybody up and respect. Why is me having a good time disrespectful to you? I've never quite understood that. Uh, one more late ask, Andy. This is for you, obviously, AK. Uh, if you see your mailman in the rain, do you tell him, stay dry, or are you not a terrible person? <laughs> that is from Mailman Matt. <laughs> stay dry. <laughs> Okay. I could, That's horrible. It, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Good luck, buddy. I, I have I have this compulsion, I don't know where it comes from, to say corny things like that when I see mailmen, delivery guys, neighbor like neighbor washing his car. Hey, you want to do mine next? How much you charging? I can't not say the stupid thing. I don't know how to walk away from it. And you're I'm not dad. even the like the chit chatty neighbor guy, but No, you're it, the opposite. I'm the opposite. But if my neighbor's out there, uh, you know, 
washing his car. Hey, you got time to do okay. mine. <laughs> this is how I hate myself. This the second how, it comes out of my mouth, I'm appalled. I was going to say, this is how bad of a neighbor you are. You don't speak to any of your neighbors unless it's to say something a-hole. That's the only time you actually but speak is it to them. a-hole? It's just, it's, it's totally and but completely it unnecessary. But that's what I'm saying. The only time you ever open your mouth to any of them is to say something off-putting. <laughs> Like, see some guy taking out your trash. You going to do mine next? <laughs> Just leave me alone, man. And I like if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, ugh. And I can't not do it to someone else. It's because you're a dad. I, is that what it is? Yeah. I think it might be. I like, think it's your uh, your uh, openness to dad jokes. It, it could be, too. It's when it's raining, well, we do need it, Andy. Yeah, I mean, look, I if my mailman was doing all this in bad weather and I happened to see him, I might say, like, hey, you know, Good luck getting through all this or whatever, but <laughs> not, not gonna, stay dry out no, there because that's it's like, impossible. It's like if you go to the restaurant and you know you clear your plate and the waitress comes around and says, "Hey, you enjoy everything." He's like, "Hated it." Yeah, that's. I literally did that on Friday night. <laughs> of course, Travis. I literally did. I, I, I and uh, I was so we went out, Susan and I, and uh, our two boys, Michael and Bobby, and Bobby, Bobby, who works in the restaurant industry, says to me, he "Goes, do you know how many times a day he hears that?" I'm like, just. Let me have this one. I just, <laughs> I just, it's I, I it, it came out before I could even control it. And then he asked me if the the waiter Henri. We went back to see Henri. He says, and there was literally nothing on my plate. Even there wasn't even one single caper left over. He's like, you want me to get a box for that? <laughs> like that's his equivalent of that, right? So I felt like I had to send it back. Okay, had to that's hit the fine. ball back he, at him. Henri is asking for it, and so was a willing participant. We had a moment where we went in. We hadn't been in in I don't know six weeks or so it was a place that we were regulars at and when we would come through jim the bartender would make our martinis and when we'd sit down they'd come up it's great so susan audible at the line of scrimmage and didn't want her normal you would have thought that she'd insulted somebody like what do you mean she doesn't want it's like well she just wants something a little different all right you know well we just, hey, we're, we're good i'll we're good. drink it it'll be fine yeah it's good mine was mine was perfect and the second one was even better along the way. I want to read this to you, Andy, because, again, I'm a LeBron James fan, but I, I think I've just hit a certain level of LeBron James fatigue that is Saturation. wearing on me. Saturation point, indeed. Uh, he was talking about how this is going to end for him, right? How the, the end of his career, and he wants to stay with the Laker and all these other things. I want to read this because he said – I am a Laker, and I'm happy, and have been very happy being a Laker the last six years, and hopefully it stays that way. Okay, cool. He went on to say, but I don't have the answer for how long it is or which uniform I'll be in. Hopefully it's with the Lakers. It's a great organization, so many greats, but we'll see. It's just the, but we'll see. Like, if you leave that out of there, I think it's exactly what somebody like me is looking for, which is, hey, look, no one can tell the future, but... I love being here. I've been here six years, and I'd like it to end that way. Cool. We'll see. It's like if you, I love you. I love you too, for now. To be continued. To be continued, right? Hey, you, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. You know, I'd like to spend the rest of my life with you. We'll see. There's just always these little things at the end, these little addendums to his thoughts that always, it's it's LeBron. It is a quintessential LeBron to leave that. I can twist the knife. I can use the leverage. I can always give myself that little thing at the back end. Well, he operated for many years like this, frankly, pretty ruthlessly with Cleveland and Miami that he really has not done with the Lakers. 
But old habits die hard. <laughs> I mean, like he had like 15 years of doing that with Cleveland twice and Miami once. Like, you know, as somebody who, you know, it took a long time before I could quit smoking. Like there was a lot of trial and error. So this is his Marlboro Red? Yes. <laughs> like for, Le- for LeBron, not twisting the knife, as you put it, like to break out of that habit because he does it less than he used to. Does he? Yeah, I know. Does. I know that the Lakers respond to it less than other teams have, but it was only what ten week, ten days, two weeks ago that we got an hourglass emoji. Yeah, the passive aggressive. It, it, it was. It. it was. It was just a, a few weeks ago where it's well, these are the guys we got, so we'll see what it is. Like he's still got it in him, right? But he, to be fair to LeBron, if there are things that you are trying to get, public messaging is a thing that you can weaponize in order to try to get the thing that you want. And I'm of the opinion that the Lakers, for the most part, have not really catered to LeBron in terms of actions. They cater to him in the way they talk about LeBron, and they treat him as a really... Do you think they're different? Their 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 actions are different than their public positioning. How many things have they really done yeah. for LeBron? I mean, like, really, when you really think about it, other than... Russell Westbrook, which is something you will never convince me the organization wasn't also into because they are a star bleepery organization. I, I think that they are what you just said. And and if you had, you know, empirical proof that they were like, Yep, we love it, I would believe that too. But I also would be open to the idea of, man, this is not a good idea, but this is what he wants. Give him what he wants. That 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 okay. one in particular, I would be willing to entertain. Well, I would just say that if they did that. That's a hundred times worse than just misevaluating. Oh, sure it is. Like if they if they actually thought, like if Rob Palinka went to Jeannie Buss and said, "Look, I know LeBron and AD want to bring in Russ. This is a terrible idea, and it will not work for reasons A through Z." Then it was on Jeannie to say, "Let me handle this." Yeah. Because contrary to what many people believe, I'm all of your bosses. Like it's ultimately my say. Do I believe that maybe Rob Palenka was more into the idea of Buddy Heald and Westbrook? Sure. I mean, he had set up that deal basically to go before they ended up going with Westbrook last kind of last minute. But I, I refuse to believe that the idea that the Laker organization that is all about stars, Russell Westbrook was one of Kobe's favorite players. And Palenka, you can see, views a lot of things through a Kobe sure. prism. I refuse to believe that the organization was not excited about this. But regardless, what else have they really done in terms it's, of actions it, catering to LeBron? It's an interesting way to think about it because I, I wonder, and, and I don't want to throw out a specific thing because I think we can get lost in the weeds right there, but I do wonder if in this offseason, when the Lakers do have draft picks, when they have some flexibility that they did not have at the trade deadline that is available to them this summer, and the path that they like is path A. The path that LeBron would prefer is path B. Do they pick A? Or is it still one of these path B things that we need to at least play nice with him? I'm having struggled to do it because it's, or is it one of those, look, if we do A, he's leaving, but we're going to do A anyway. We'd like to convince him that A is the right path, but he believes B is the right path. And if we can't get him over to A, I think it depends we on risk what it, losing. I think it depends on what it is. Like, how severe a thing is option B? Like, if it is something that is radically franchise-altering or a real misuse of assets, 
I don't think they do it. And the reason I don't think so is we've seen evidence of them not doing that sort of stuff when LeBron won it. The first season that LeBron uh, was with Russ, uh-huh. it was pretty clear that thing went sideways fast. LeBron was, you know, there were stories coming about about LeBron wanting Christian Wood and John Wall, you know, because you had the $47 million that you could exchange between each other, which would have been an absolutely stupid move yeah. for the Lakers. They didn't do it. That offseason, leading into uh, the first season with Darvin, they could have made moves then and just dumped Westbrook, just do it. Would have made LeBron happy. Didn't do it then. Like, they, they've ignored a lot of the passive aggressive. I want to talk about it. I think it. they treat it like it matters because they should. That's interesting. They're going to ignore it when it comes time to decision-making time, but treat it a little differently publicly. We'll do that coming up 1145. Up next, it's Factor Cap. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. And it is official Rotolo Dealer of the Year, 13 years in a row. 13 years in a row. Think about all the great players we talk about on this show. Think about all the great teams that you've seen in your lifetime. How many times does somebody win MVP 13 years in a row? How many times does somebody win the title 13 years in a row? The answer is at Rotolo Chevrolet. That's exactly what they just did. And it's not complicated, but it's hard to do. It's the right price, the right vehicle, and customer service that is simply unmatched. That's what they do at Rotolo Chevrolet. That's what Mike Capozio insists on every single day. And his entire team, they execute it day after day, week after week, month after month, to the tune of 13 years in a row. So if you're looking for that new Silverado, if you're looking for that new Chevy car truck, get yourself into Rotolo Chevrolet in Fontana. It's right off the 210 freeway, Sierra Avenue exit. You can't miss it. Tell them that Travis sent you. And if you can't get in to the actual store itself, go online, RotoloChevy.com. That's R-O-T-O-L-O, RotoloChevy.com, and make sure you tell them that Travis sent you. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, guys. Uh, before I get into Factor Cap, I just want to give a quick shout out to my cousin, Emily Schaefer. She is in the she's uh, 12 years old right now, and she's at the state championships for swimming awesome. uh, in Georgia. And she made the finals and I believe, three events. And wow. they, one of the cool things they do is that like if you make the finals, you get a whole walkout thing like in the Olympics. Oh, and they cool. announce you as you go out. And I saw videos um, that her mom was posting of her, and she looked like a beast. I'm <laughs> super proud of Emily. It's funny because we have the same name, and her birthday and I are two days apart, just obviously years different. Um, so shout out to Emily. You're killing it. Good job. Good job, Emily. Um, so last night I went to see a comedy show at the Largo. A great theater, awesome place, and they have big name acts that are kind of trying to work out their – you know, routines and everything, which is great. So I not only saw uh, Patton Oswalt, amazing, but I saw A.D. Bryant open for him, which is great. She's kind of working out kinks. Uh, she's doing a monologue for, she's hosting one of the various award shows coming up. So I'm excited to see her do that. But Patton came out uh, for his second time on stage. So he, he kind of warmed up the audience, had two people come after him, and then he came back out. He started out with some crowd work. And what was funny is that the pe- four people that he kind of, picked out in the front row um 
<laughs> they're all people that worked in reality TV. So it was like, yes, oh, sir, what do you do? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I, I formerly worked for Warner Brothers and whatever. And he's like, I actually used to work on The Bachelor. And we were like, oh, my gosh. And uh, kind of got into like reality shows. It was really funny. Patton did great with both of them, with all of them. And it was super fun. So got me thinking. I've gone to a bunch of comedy shows. I sometimes have a desire to like sit near the front so like maybe they'll point something out. One time I was pointed out um, back when I was in high school and I looked like <laughs> I looked like I was a nun basically. I had like a maxi dress, I had this stuff and they were like, Oh, you're from Virginia? Oh, we can tell, kind of thing, whatever. Right. So uh, it's it's always a little fun. So you wanna be in the front row of a comedy show. Travis Fetter Cap. Cap. I, I have no desire, want, need to be a part of the show. I want to watch the show. I, I want to observe a comedian doing his thing. We were talking about this this morning. The ability to go on stage with a room full of people saying, make me laugh, and to be able to execute that is one of the great art forms that 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 I think exists. To The degree of difficulty for that is through the the roof. I don't want to be a part of it. I want to watch it happen. So I, I like good seats at a comedy show, but I do not want to be part of it. So where are you from, sir? You know, <laughs> hey, well, why is she with you? I don't ever need any of that. Uh, Andy? Yeah, also Cap. I, I don't, you know, I've thought about like the idea of, you know, doing stand up, you know, what, what would it be like, the crafting of it all? I've also done improv before with live audiences, that sort of stuff. Like I am comfortable in that setting. But I don't want to end up unwittingly a part of it. Like, it's something that you prepare for. It's something that you're ready for. Like, you know, if I worked out something with Patton Oswalt ahead of time, (laughs) yeah, I'd love to do something like that. But just all of a sudden end up part of Patton Oswalt's act, I have no desire to do that. Jorge? Uh, Cap, uh, they used to host the Comedy Night Mondays at the Sunset Room. And sure, we would sit in the front and the guy, the host at the time, he would cap on everybody sitting in the front and then towards the back and you feel uncomfortable sometimes with some some of the things he's saying and it's you know it just creates things it just makes you feel awkward sometimes depending I, on how the joke goes i think when they're good they tend to hit because they kind of know how to read rooms yeah and what it hits nowadays i think Pat was very ob- like clear of how things would work but yeah well and Patton oswald is not i mean you tell me you saw him but i don't Having heard his stand-up before, he's not a particularly mean comic. He's more mean to himself than anything. Right. Yeah. So I, that might be a little bit better. But just some guy just picking on some guy or woman in the front row, that that is – I don't like listening to it, and I certainly wouldn't want to be a part of it. And nowadays on TikTok, people kind of go off and get famous because of their crowd work or whatever. Sometimes yeah. people would walk out. Yeah. yeah. Those places and- like, eesh. You can if you have the ability to do that. If you're getting made fun of in a way that you don't sit doesn't sit right with you, you have the right to walk out. And that's what comedy is about. Um, all right. So, <laughs> speaking of comedy, I saw uh, Madam Web yesterday, and it is the worst movie I've ever seen in the theater. It is so hilarious, though. It's so much fun to sit and see how bad this movie is. I understand it is very hard to get movies made. People put in hard work to make this movie happen. I acknowledge that, and I appreciate that for the art form, but this movie objectively is hilarious. <laughs> and so um, there are many different reasons to go to the movie theater. You go to the movie theater to experience things that you can't experience in your life, and you're like, wow, I have a new perspective on the world. You go to the movies to see, okay, wow, plane go boom. Like That's cool, too. Um, <laughs> plane but, go boom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but there's also a reason to go to the movie Conley go to... Boom. <laughs> Just have a release, some laughter, and see a bad movie is always fun too. So there, um, you like to go to see a, a bad movie in the theater. 
Andy, factor cap. Cap? Because now movie theaters are too expensive to just go to hate watch something or to even mock watch something. Like, I'm not above mock watching a bad movie and finding entertainment in that, but I would rather do it streaming for like a service yeah. I'm already paying for, like as opposed to, especially now that movie theater culture isn't the same thing anymore. Yeah. I don't feel like it's going to be- What do you mean be, by that? It's- Movie culture isn't dominant in the way that it used okay. to be. Like, say, 10 years ago, much less 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever. So you're not guaranteed the type of audience where I feel like it's going to be such a communal experience ah. that you have to see it in a group. And yeah. again, what, the way movie tickets now are expensive, particularly mm -hmm. if you're bringing someone else or you know refreshments, parking, all of that, it's too expensive now for me to go see a movie that I know is going to be awful just for the <laughs> ironic comedy of it. I think that there are certain theaters that do get that older vibe. So there are certain places you go, like, again, that's why I like the Alamo. I go and everyone kind of has the same mode of why they're watching this, but I do completely understand what you're saying with that. Uh, it's also, if you've ever seen the movie The Room, starring Tommy Wiseau, yep. this is The Room with a more expensive budget. Uh, Travis, Patrick Cap. So it's cap for me because I don't go to enough movies to go to one specifically to laugh at it. You know what I mean? And nor am I sophisticated enough to know why it's bad. I just know. You would know why this was bad. <laughs> well, perhaps. Okay. You don't have to be sophisticated. Yeah. I, I, my, my movie experience boils down to one thing. Did I like it or not? That's it. If I liked it, I liked it. If I didn't, I feel like I wasted a couple hours along the way. Um, I don't go to a ton. So to go into it knowing that this is going to be bad, even if it's comically bad, I don't think that's for me. I'd rather go see something that I at least have a chance of thinking I really enjoyed that. Jorge? Uh, I'm with Travis on this one. Cap, I don't watch a ton of movies like at the movie theater anymore either. And then another thing is my buddies would tell me, oh, you got to go watch this. Or you, you have to go watch that. But be careful because it might suck. This and this. <laughs> I would watch it on my own time. You have to see it, right. but be careful it might suck. <laughs> right. No, because there's there's guys that would like watch it like just to hate on stuff or like right. like for instance, Michael Bay films, right? There's some Michael Bay yeah. films that I'm like, those are dope. Yeah. And yeah. then there's like I like those movies, but those guys are like, Oh, I they just they suck because I want to see what he blows up next. I'm like, right. okay, so then why'd you spend the money for that? Like, right. Because sometimes right. going and watching how what thing blows up next, okay, I kid you not. <laughs> the end of this movie, they have a fight in a fireworks factory. A <laughs> Fireworks factory. The I swear to I swear, um, big CPR and Pepsi paid so much money for this movie because they have a I swear probably four minute CPR training session where they just go through how to do CPR. Big CPR. For four minutes. Do they have a lobby a that I'm unaware of? I don't know. The Red Cross paid for this. <laughs> well, way. we know they're up to no good. Exactly. I this movie is insane uh but go see it if you're like okay. me and you want to see that when, uh, when so said, i will watch it when it arrives on either max i or fear disney that it Plus. will never end up there because they probably want to wipe it when but, she yeah. said big cpr i thought it was an acronym for some like movie term that i didn't <laughs> understand not like chest compressions yeah. I, I i didn't know that part. that's not what i was anticipating i'm like I don't know what, I didn't want to feel yeah. like an idiot and ask what it was when it was actually just CPR. Yeah, no, it's just CPR. Um, so, okay, I'm going to go one last one uh, before I wrap the segment. So, uh, Tony Bennett is the coach of the UVA men's basketball team, and he is Great a singer. very, <laughs> rest in peace, he's a very mild-mannered guy. He, um, you know, does not curse, he doesn't do anything, he's very even-keeled. This past weekend, he got his 
only his second technical in 15 years at UVA, and the first one since uh, in 10 years, okay? So he does not get technicals very often, but he got technical because he cursed. So, got me thinking. You have a friend that never gets angry, but when they do, you know it means business. Uh, Jorge, factor cap. Absolutely. And then <laughs> it happened at a restaurant one time because he didn't get his order right. And it's, he's the nicest guy. He would be like, hey, listen, uh, I wanted a, I don't know, a Sprite. You brought me a Dr. Pepper or whatever. And he would be cool about things like that. Uh, but then when they messed up his order, like, oh, I didn't want this on there. I didn't want that on it. And the waiter just basically. So it was the food was cold. OK, so the waiter came over and with his hand kind of like did a temperature test, and that's when he lost it. He's like, oh, yo, man, did you no, just, like, You don't, you don't touch, get to do that. Yeah. Did you <laughs> just touch my food, man? And, and again, we've never seen him angry. We've never... The manager comes over. He's like, hey, what just happened? He explained. But it, it threw us off because he's not that person. He's usually like, hey, I get it. You're busy. You know, he's very calm, collective, and right. he understands because he worked at a restaurant business, too. But when this happened, when somebody checked the temperature on his food, something snapped, and he lost it, and it was just... That'll do to it. us. Yeah. That's a good reason to go crazy. Trev? Yeah, fact. It, it's, it's it's my dad, right? I, my dad is a very mild-mannered guy. He's thoughtful. He's kind. He's patient. He's all of these things. I could count on one hand the times I've seen my dad mad, and it scared the you-know-what out of me, right? And and it was always because of something incredibly stupid that I had done, but there were other stupid things I had done where there was a much more measured response, but every once in a while I was like, okay, this was bad. I should not have done that. That he very, very rarely would get mad, so when he'd blow his stack, it was real. Andy? Uh, fact, I honestly, that's me. Yeah. Like, I was seen that way by my friends growing up, um, you know, my my wife has said before, like, when you get mad, because I don't get mad, like, really angry that often. She's like, but when you do, like, if you are frustrated by an experience, um, it's kind of like, whoa. Or, like, my friends, I had a reputation of he's pretty difficult to get mad, but when he gets mad, you don't want to be near <laughs> him. out of the way. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I'd be the guy that's like, he's not going to get I didn't get into like a lot of fights growing up or anything like that in high school, but if you pushed me, you would not be able to pull me away from a fight. <laughs> like I became like once I hit the red mark, I don't care if you were twice You're my like size. You're like the Hulk. You're trying Roar. very hard not yes. to get mad. Once the eyes turn green, it's on. No, I mean that and again, like for 95% of the time, it's like you pretty even keel, pretty even keel. But if I get upset, I th it's not even so much that it's dangerous. I think it's just jarring to people. They're like, whoa, where did that come from? All right, I want to go back to what we were talking about with LeBron a second ago and this idea that the Lakers treat him publicly one way and then privately respond to his requests slash demands differently. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. It is a Michelob Ultra Reaction Monday on 710. We're reacting all day to last night's NBA All-Star Game, the spring training baseball that starts this week. Mike Trout said some interesting things. Anthony Rendon had a great Anthony Rendon quote. And Shohei did take live batting practice today. After not taking live batting practice earlier, he will not play in their spring training opening game on Thursday, but will play sooner than later, probably. <laughs> so, you know what? You know what matters? When they play in Korea in, two, in, in about a month. That's when we'll know what's going on for sure. The way I think about it is, if Otani didn't play in the first of the Cactus League games, would you care normally? No. Then don't freak out about the elbow thing until it starts seeming like, okay, 
These are games you would expect to see him in, and he's still not playing. If we're two weeks into the spring training schedule and he hasn't taken a live at-bat, then something's going yeah, on. Exactly. If we're two weeks out of the opener in Korea, keep, keep in mind the Dodgers and the Padres open the MLB season in South Korea mm-hmm. uh, almost exactly, um, I think it's 21 and 22 of uh, March that they open the season. If he's still not on the field a couple weeks prior to that, then you know something's going on. But with him, this is what's interesting. We can talk about this coming up in just a little bit. This is going to come across like I'm trying to whack at the Angels because that's usually what I am trying to do, but I'm actually (laughs) not doing it this time, (laughs) right? Like usually I'm doing it on purpose. I'm not doing it on purpose this time. Because he played for such a rinky-dink organization – that his habits really were not well-known. Like what he did and what he doesn't do, how he interacts with his teammates, how he maintained this you know unbelievable schedule. It was always like, yeah, nobody knows how he does it, but because it's the Angels, nobody's really paying all that much of attention. With the Dodgers, if he doesn't throw a bullpen, if he doesn't do this or does do this, and the, the, the oddities of his personal routine will be far more scrutinized than they were with the Angels. This is going to be one of the most scrutinized teams in modern baseball history i mean like this collection of players with these collections of backgrounds an international following and it's the dodgers they everything they do is going to be treated like game seven of the world series michelob ultra 2.6 carbs 95 calories it's only worth it if you enjoy it and uh, a couple of different people are saying i'm like those people in the progressive commercial that turned into their parents (laughs) saying uh that you know i hated it send it back i i can't help it like when you're at the airport and the person's running by is like yeah must gotten here should have gotten here earlier this is getting way too close to home bobby had a flight a saturday night he was flying back to philadelphia to see his girlfriend and he had a red eye plane was leaving just a shade before midnight and it's seven o'clock and again we're down in south orange county so we're not around the corner from lax but we're also south oc uh no south (laughs) oc uh but we're also not five hours from the airport either i'm like you should probably get going he's like what are you talking about i'm like you should probably get going he's like said what's the worst thing you have you get there a couple hours early and you sit around and you go have a beer in the bar well, I don't want to do that. Like it, the, the disconnect between old people, airport habits, and everyone else are totally different. Uh, I'd be there if I had a flight tomorrow. I'd be there now. <laughs> don't worry, I'm the same way as you. I get very worried if I have a flight that day. That's all I can think about. Yes, whether the flight is in the evening or the flight is in the morning. I am very stressed out about missing a flight. I've never missed a flight. Knock on wood. I've missed one yeah. in 52 years, and it's still yeah. traumatizing to me. And I don't. You you strike me as you're sauntering through the airport at the last minute. No, guy. no, no. No, because I, I don't like rush. It's very difficult to saunter through LAX. <laughs> True. Like, it's so big and it's so chaotic and it's... Especially getting around that horseshoe. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Like, there's a, there's a lot going on at LAX. It's not a sauntering airport. Now, if I was more convenient to it, I might saunter around Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> or like there's Long not really Beach. enough room to saunter in Burbank. It's pretty <laughs> exactly. small. Well, I, I do some mini sauntering. But, like, <laughs> the horse... <laughs> that those are more of sauntering airports yeah. but the truth is john wayne is a good sauntering airport is it just the right size to saunter in and out but enough room that you can enjoy it i don't i don't like feeling rushed for flights like i just i don't i don't necessarily need to be there four hours early but i don't like feeling rushed don't four feel like- is too many two and a half is fine by me 
That's yes. two and a half is a good solid number. Because that allows for maybe there's a crazy amount of people in the security line. It allows for you to make a mistake or for something to happen. It allows for all of that. Yes. It allows for a flat tire. It allows yes. for a freeway closure. All of these things that very rarely happen but so, do happen. I missed it once because Ooh. they were training somebody at TSA where they checked the bags. And oh. it was a training session that I went through. And I missed my flight because of that. That's why you got to get there early, people. I'm anxious thinking about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, because um, one time I flew through Denver, and Denver's airport security is insane because there's like one security checkpoint, as unlike LAX, which has one for every airline. It's one security checkpoint. I swear, this line for the security, I had to walk for five minutes to get to the end of the line. <laughs> <laughs> and I arrived to Denver, I think, two hours before my flight was supposed to board. But and I barely that, made it on But time. doesn't that feel good knowing that even if that happens, yeah. even if the the five-minute walk to the back of the security line happens, like, I'm all right. I'm inconvenienced because the line's too long, but at least I know I'm not going to miss the flight. So, I'm with you. Uh, Sedona just waited, and he says, when he travels by himself, if he arrives earlier than the exact moment the boarding begins, he's not living. <laughs> I can't. I, can't. I, I couldn't do that. But he also travels way more than we I, do. I, so. and, and I'm sure he doesn't miss very many flights, but just the idea of maybe missing it makes me bananas. All right. We were talking about LeBron. The public demands are, I think, a strong word. Well, they're all passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. The hourglass, the, well, this is right. who we got, the wh- whatever mode he's in on any given day. And the Lakers publicly don't really respond to it all that much, if, if at all. They just go about their business. But privately, and when you said it, Andy, it's like, okay, this makes sense. They really don't, you know, they don't bend to his every whim and change the roster every they time don't. he wakes up and says, I'd like to have player XYZ here. I think if you actually look at the tangible evidence of the way seasons have progressed with LeBron. I don't think they've done a lot of radical changing that was specifically because LeBron wanted it. Like, they brought in Anthony Davis, but I'd like to think they could have come up with that one without, <laughs> well, I mean, without gotta... LeBron's encouragement. Like, I'd like to think that, you know, Rob Palinka is sharp enough about the game that go get Anthony Davis would have occurred on his own. Probably that one. Yeah, exactly. The Russell Westbrook thing, like we talked about before. I think that was LeBron and AD encouraging it, but I also believe it's a very Lakery thing to do. And, you know, it's not like other teams haven't gone for big threes or anything like that. Or It's not like other teams don't try to collect superstars. They just took a really wild, big swing for a, super, for a I guess, fading superstar in Russ. That there were, The fit issues were obvious. They took a big risk and it didn't pay off. So the question, I guess, we can get into this uh, coming up next, is – how much longer do you at least take his input into the decision-making process? And and when do you start deciding on what is exclusively good for the organization as opposed to what's potentially good for the organization but is definitely good for LeBron James? That's coming up next. Plus, we'll get in a little Otani. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.